Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. I'm your first co-host, Sarah Musak, and with me is... Uh, hey, I uh, am your second co-host, Matt Schrader. And I am a co-host, but I don't feel comfortable with the ranking system. I'm Aaron Gold. <laughs> That's true, and I mean, your last name is Gold, so... Mm-hmm. If I was first, I wouldn't be complaining. No, I, I can appreciate that. I don't know. I've always yeah. had a soft spot for a bronze medal. I'm happy to be the third co-host. It's fine. <laughs> I it's have. fine. I remember, this actually kind of, not to um, divert us too much, but I remember... One time I was kind of, um, I was talking about all the bronze medals I've earned in my life, all the third places I've gotten mm. in like trophies and stuff. And somebody, and I was doing it as a way to being self-deprecating, but somebody took that as bragging. Oh. I mean, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that, you know, like second place is the first loser. Like if you, <laughs> re- if you got third place a lot, if you're consistently in the top three, fucking good on you i guess i guess to me it was always just sort of like you know like i'm doing great and then like uh oh here we are in the championship let's choke <laughs> <laughs> well maybe it that, can it can be both it can, it can so. be both yeah and... that just makes you relatable i love that yeah i love relatable nice, relatable but ranking but mm-hmm. still ranked still ranked <laughs> Well, welcome back, everyone. So we've got, we're starting the new season, new season, the second season of X-Men, the animated series. I was going to say re-new for me. I have not watched this for maybe 20 years. Uh, Same. And I am loving it. So a lot happened during the first season, but I feel like these first two episodes are like getting shot out of a cannon. Like so much happens in this episode and the next one. So I'm very excited. This is straight up like soap opera. I know. And I think that's why I especially loved it. And um, uh, one of the things we talked about in a previous episode is just the economy of the narrative. The amount they get done, honestly, in those first three minutes, I always find astonishing because I keep pausing and I write things down. And then it's like, how how long has it been? And it's like three minutes, five seconds. It's like, dang, Mm -hmm. they're getting it done. Yeah, I I am so impressed. Like, if I remember correctly, the very first words you hear on the episode in the uh, previously on are, you will remove Senator Kelly's brain and replace it with a computer. <laughs> that is out of the gate. That is strap in, kids. Yep, yep. And I'm still, still strapping it, right? So yeah, so previously on X-Men gets us up to speed. We know that Senator Kelly has been taken hostage by Master Mold and rescued by the X-Men. As a result, he's uh, he's come around a little bit on mutants. That's cool. We also know Turns that- Turns out racism doesn't benefit you. Hey, look at that. Look at that people out there and elected representatives. Take a note from Senator Robert Kelly of the X-Men before you too get kidnapped by Master Mold who wants to replace your brain with a computer. So <laughs> at the end, Cyclops proposes to Jean and Sinister is watching. And I was so excited when, because I, I had kind of vaguely forgotten that Sinister was going to be one of the big villains in the second season. So when he showed up, I was stoked. He's one of my favorite villains, period, I think, at X-Men. 
he is such a ridiculous villain that is also great. Like yeah. it's, I also love that shot uh, uh, of Sinister's monitor watching Gene mm-hmm. and Cyclops because they're like four gauges all around the screen and i don't know what they're doing but they seem to be detecting something and a lot of them and a lot yeah, of them well, and when we get to the next episode we are <laughs> going to talk about that sinister lair because there's a lot happening so first first scene in the episode has nothing to do with any of that cyclops is running through the fog he seems to be in a sort of cave that also has big uh, columns big pillars and he's being hunted by Wolverine who's wearing a real nice tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah, Logan looked great. He really did. And uh that whole scene kind of made me think like the like Wolverine was on his way to the wedding. He was dressed for it. I mean, uh, and he was in a tux, so we're assuming he was thinking he was about in the wedding. It. Well, yeah, yeah, certainly. And he was in the wedding party. He had some sort of responsibility there because he did um, have like, the no. wedding colors he did have the purple vest purple and uh and bow tie for sure and i just want to point out that based on his activities i feel like the suit had a lot of give mm. oh god yeah like mm-hmm. i imagine these are they get their fancy suits from the same place they get their super suits oh. like it's got to be an all-in-one place or like a, a small chain of tailors who are in a network uh yeah i mean like i think i think when you have any um universe that has superheroes there is going to be some sort of uh there's a huge market for making these outfits you know textiles spe- textiles yeah, yeah superhero the- textiles <laughs> The super textile industry is alive and well. So anyway, Cyclops blasts Wolverine, but then cut to the church and Cyclops and Jean Grey are getting hitched. So we've got a wedding party. We've got Storm and Rogue as the bridesmaids. We've got Gambit standing up for Cyclops unexpected. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, and Jubilee as a kind of uh, old flower girl, I guess. Yeah. Junior bridesmaid. Aged out. Yeah, she. You know, I, I felt like, like she was yeah. aged out. Yeah, in that that rough in between spot. Yeah. Hey, also, hey, Cyclops, do you have no friends? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> That's the None thing. Of, yeah, I'm not sure any of these folks have friends. All right, now, so here's a question: If an X, one of these X Men had friends, who's the most likely to have outside friends? Uh, I'd say Beast. Oh, he. I. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would almost say Beast would have more like colleagues, but I guess they yeah. could be work friends, right? Yeah, you know, like, he. I feel he's like, like in a chemistry lab. Yeah, like I feel like he has he has the respect of of academics and publishes papers and like mm-hmm. you know at conferences where mutants are welcome, he's probably pretty popular. Um, but I've like I'm going through right. So Rogue doesn't have a lot of friends because she was raised by a mystique in a weird kind of isolated pseudo family. Storm, right. as you do, Storm you was do. kind. Of, probably has a lot of like acquaintances as a yeah. former goddess. Tough to get close. Yeah. When so, so Cyclops was raised in an orphanage where he was miserable. I'm guessing at this point he doesn't know Alex is alive, and so then he came to Xavier. So Xavier was like his one friend, and as an only yeah. child, I could speak to that being yeah, wolf. Um, and then Jean, I feel like, well, she had no, she kind of lost it young because her man, the manifestation of her powers was her best friend was hit by a car and died in her arms, and she was inside her friend's brain when she died and so she was like not okay that's when was that established in this uh animated series oh sorry in the comics in the comics oh yeah so so doing a deep dive right sorry (laughs) yeah sorry let me get back up into shallower waters 
Um, <laughs> hypothetically, this gene. I'm drowning. Have friends. Cyclar, yes. uh, Gambit had a guild uh, until he like right. refused the to marry guild. his best friend and had to leave. Who was his best friend again? Uh, Belladonna. The, it was a Romeo and Juliet situation where he was like the prince of the thieves guild and she was the princess of the assassins guild and they were supposed to unite their two guilds and then he left. Why did he refuse to marry? Uh, I think he just didn't want to be told what to do. It comes up later. Like he didn't want to be like the pawn of the thieves guild. I'm sort of reaching here, but uh, anyway, no. it wasn't going to be good. And Jubilee clearly <laughs> has no friends. So yeah, I guess by process of elimination, it's beast. Jubilee made friends in the orphanage when she learned how to oh, pick locks. Oh, it's true. Well, were they actually friends, or did that one girl just teach her how to? Do you, who shows someone a trade for free if they aren't friends? I mean, that's fair. Now it also makes me think that Cyclops and Jubilee should talk about like orphanage days. Like, I feel like yeah. there's a there's a connection there they haven't made. A lot of orphans on this team. A lot of wow. orphans in comic books, man. That's true. Yeah, that's nothing nothing like killing your parents to make someone a superhero. Absolutely, mm-hmm. we've all learned that. Okay, I also want to talk about, sorry, at the wedding, there's a, mm. there's a guy in a suit with a five o'clock shadow who also is standing up with the wedding party, who is never referred to, says nothing, is not the priest, but is just standing there. Okay, so who's this guy? That's what who's I want to know. Part of right me wonders right. if it's like sinister, like, like if it's supposed to oh. be him like as an usher or something i just assumed it's somebody's plus one okay like one of the blonde women in the in the pews yeah who just was like like, hey maybe they do have friends maybe Maybe. that's one of the orphan friends that grew up yeah yeah. hey that's fair or it could have been something like cyclops is really embarrassed wolverine doesn't show up two dudes need to be up there even if one of them's not on the right side it's like who have we got this guy yeah, right. Maybe it's like their UPS driver or something, and they've befriended him. It's, I mean, Ooh. there are a lot of friendly yeah. UPS drivers. If the uh, dogs, dogs meeting UPS drivers, uh, Twitter feed is anything to go by. <laughs> do you think? Do you think back in the day, Morph had ever just like posed as a dog just to greet the yes the package people just for the positive affection? A hundred percent. And I bet he was yeah. like a different dog every time. Like he wanted to create some questions, <laughs> some intrigue in the minds right. of the UPS guys. Got a hand to him. Good bit. Yeah, good, good, bit. good bit more. Solid good bit. bit more. So we, we only see the wedding for a little bit. We immediately go back to Wolverine v. Cyclops tux time. And we have the really dramatic Wolverine line, you can't have her. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Whoa. Yep. yep. I mean, having said that, though, like, it is a big whoa, but I do give Wolverine props for, like, letting this out in a healthy environment. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's something. It was interesting, though, like, when the second Cyclops kind of turned into a Sentinel. The Sentinel Cyclops, yeah. The Sentinel Cyclops. Yeah, like, that that to me, I was, like, watching this. I'm like, okay, I know this is the danger room, but it seems almost more dreamlike now. It was super dreamlike. Did you also notice that it wasn't until Sentinel Cyclops that his tux started getting damaged? Like, initial robot Cyclops, tux totally fine. But, like, by the end, he's got, I mean, he's got, like, no tux, thanks to Sentinel Cyclops. Yeah. In tatters. In tatters. And so Wolverine beheads Sentinel Cyclops, and the decapitated head blasts him. 
but good, right? And then Wolverine goes, Gene. And she hears him at the wedding and is like, Wolverine, but then apparently doesn't care. Right. Yeah, and neither does Gambit, who is then just like, hey, happy wedding. Can I get some? (laughs) Can I get some? Can I just get some? How about you over here? Huh? Yeah. Have How you, about you? Have, have, have you gentlemen ever tried that where we come from? We always kiss the bride. Have you ever tried that? No, because I'm not a creep. <laughs> or at least I strive not to be. Strive. That's why I yeah. appreciate you guys. Gambit, Gambit is your friend that thinks that he's suave, but really he's just an asshole. Like, and Sometimes. not great with women. He's, really not. he's yeah. not, but I don't know. I think that woman in episode one, like the the comic book card shop lady, she was into it. Yeah. She was digging it. She was having, yeah, she was enjoying that conversation. But also, speaking of Gambit, you notice he wasn't wearing his costume, for, as far as I can tell, for the first time in the series. Mm. Well, I'm going to say second, because the first time was when he was in a Speedo, if you recall correctly. Oh, okay. he, had, he had Roger coming back from the pool, but it is an unusual occurrence right so a very special occasion clearly because he's wearing this tux and i actually really like i feel like we got to see more in the the these episodes how much he likes rogue because we talked for a while about how same thing you said aaron we're just like you're kind of a dick but like he looks all nervous and he straightens his tie um and also like rogue comes into a room and looks at you like that what whatever you want like right the person if the person has a pulse they're gonna go with it absolutely yeah. and, and i think that's why he looks so sad speaking of the soap opera when she says this ain't cajun country zip those lips he looks so sad i mm-hmm. almost felt sorry for him but not quite so <laughs> I, I mentioned the blonde people in the pews i did my i did have a, a bigger question which is why are all the attendees at the at the wedding like blonde <laughs> all these blondes in in the uh in in the not the wedding party but you know like the the guest list right i think i think i mean the x-men are blatantly racist it's a it's sad that they don't learn the lesson they're trying to preach oh uh, that's that's fair i sort of put it down to and i know we've talked about this before how in the background like if there are groups of people they're all the same person and i wonder if maybe yeah. the animators mm-hmm. like we're gonna do blonde but we're just gonna like give this one a haircut and like give yep. this one this you know or whatever well it's kind of like the the first episode where all uh, maybe the second where all the guards, all the guards are, are, are the the redheaded dude and then in the colossus episode where all, like mustache dude is is everywhere on the construction site so yeah, it's a thing kind of... so then we get creepy priest yes oh I, but i wrote what i wrote actually before i knew uh that mr sinister was in this i wrote this minister is sinister <laughs> <laughs> you got some good you, you were catching on to the foreshadowing there man i was i was working it out so so he quotes robert frost right miles to go before i sleep and it's kind of like what's what's up with that guy i also yeah. found it odd that not long after gene gene the bride says i wish everyone could be as happy as i am which is like after wolverine contacted her and like wasn't doing so good so i think i don't know i think she likes him pining for her Ooh, yeah having her cake and eating it too yep a hundred percent you wouldn't think so gene's supposed to be the good girl but this is the only way i can make sense of what's going on yeah i mean who doesn't love attention yeah. mutants 
Uh, well, some yeah. mutants, that poor mutant outside the burger place. We'll get to him. Oh, my goodness. I know, rough, rough. Oh, but fair. real quick, the priest is morph. Whoa. Uh, and he looks real rough. Real bad. The, the very first thought I have was, is morph ordained? Or does that just <laughs> nullify <laughs> the entire marriage here? Am I- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Which is funny. Like... Yeah, because back then you couldn't just go to the, uh, what is it, the Ministry of Life Church or whatever it's called online. Yeah. That's 100% what it's called. Am I the only minister on this call? Oh, nope. No. I've officiated three weddings. Excellent. Oh, nice. as, uh, uh, as as my my buddy said once, welcome to the fold, fellow shepherd. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> so we are all three. Oh, all we're all shepherds ordained. of the flock? I love all it. Shepherds. Wonderful. All I've right. only done one, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> let, let let it be a beginning. Well, that's that's good to know. And friends who are listening, do you are you are you gonna have a wedding? Do you do you need an officiant or two? Uh, let us know. Maybe We're three. literally all available. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then moving along, Robert Jefferson Kelly is sworn in as president of the United States. That was a quick election cycle, and uh, good good for the American people. Going with the the guy who's not a bigot anymore. Good news. Well, also. Also, like, how long has it been in between uh, since season finale? Because so rarely do you just go from we're engaged to now we're married. Like, sure, there, sure. we must have jumped ahead several months. Several. Several. At, and at least at one least. November. Yeah. Yeah. This. Um, so the, the, this Robert Jefferson Kelly, then, is this the. This is this the same politician that was in the X Men movies and is like in all the X Men stuff? Did they just do the same yeah. politician for everything? Yeah, Senator Kelly is a, Senator is Kelly. a known a known quantity. He's the he's the like the sometimes anti, sometimes for mutant, depending upon how often he's been saved. Correct. Politician. Yeah, that's correct. It's it's a quantity thing with him. <laughs> And uh, there's a guy watching the inauguration who puts on big monster hands and a big monster head to make us go, what? Quite the suit. Quite yeah. the suit. I thought he was, like, if he was getting dressed and going to the wedding, then all right, he just wants to fit in with the mutants. But mm-mm, mm-mm. uh-uh, turns out it's terrorism. Yeah, t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> t- turns out, turns out. Meanwhile, at the wedding, Jean Grey throws the bouquet. I really love that Jubilee says, no fair flying rogue when Storm is right there. Yeah, but I think that she trusts Storm to live a code of honor. Mm. That's fair. And and Rogue to go like, nah, fuck you, give me that bouquet. Yeah, we and we know Rogue's been lonely and waiting yeah. and like, that's fair. If anybody's going to uh, knock somebody over getting the bouquet, it will be Rogue. Yeah, I, I of the two of them, I'd see Rogue throwing elbows to get to the bou- bouquet. Mm-hmm. I'd see Storm just kind of subtly sending some wind to to make the bouquet come to her. Actually, that's interesting. She do it with class. In the, I want to say it's X Men Thirty, which is I, I'm ninety percent sure is the issue when Cyclops and Jean Grey get married in the in the comics. Rogue actually does fly to catch the bouquet. She like uh. she goes for it, and then Gambit makes sure that he gets the garter, so they have to they uh. have to have that that moment. So actually, maybe maybe Jubilee really does know what she's talking about. And what's interesting too is I love that Wolverine is involved with this. So uh, I'm going to go deep again real quick. So Cyclops and Jean Grey ended up, uh, I know, right? 
Whoa. Um, Cyclops and Jean Grey end up getting married after the fatal attraction storyline in which uh, Magneto yanks out Wolverine's adamantium skeleton. So after that, Wolverine leaves the X-Men for a while uh, and kind of goes on sabbatical. So he's not there for the wedding, but he is sort of there because Sabretooth comes to make trouble and Wolverine writes, has written Don't Think About It in the snow outside you know the the mansion where the wedding is so wolverine was kind of lurking but it's a little bit it's a little bit different than what's going on here does that make sabertooth go oh better not today yeah 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 really yeah he does he decides not to tangle with wolverine for whatever reason go figure he Hmm. goes to search for wolverine for a fight sees that there's a (laughs) wedding a perfect place for him to cause chaos and snow in the ground saying, I wouldn't, buddy, makes him go like, uh-oh, they mean business. Better not. Like, what was, what were your wants? <laughs> I think it's really a fair question, and we'll have to ask Sabretooth where we could get him on this show. Ugh. It'll probably result in a lot of those, though, those arm pumps. So, so the, many the arm ranch. pumps. Yeah. yeah. So many arm pumps. And a good, <laughs> good booty shot. So Beast accidentally, uh, quote unquote, catches the bouquet because it lands on him. And he's rather mm. flustered. But I love that as if we haven't been paying attention, Cyclops just goes, Beast. <laughs> oh, you're here. Oh. Oh, okay. So good of you to come. And yeah, uh, yeah, your invite definitely got lost in the mail. <sighs> and then we get that weird line from Jean, if you're going to be the next to get married, maybe we should start calling you Mr. McCoy. And I was like, well, for, first of all, it's doctor no matter what. Second yeah. of all, I was thinking, I feel like who would think this? And then I was like, oh, children. Like children would be like, <laughs> you get married and then you become Mr. And uh, yeah, that's all I can think is that they're pandering. They were pandering to my age group. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just bad writing. Just, yeah. Which we would never. For that moment. Yeah. We would never accuse X-Men the Animated Series of bad writing. Never. Never, never. No, no. And then Beast Mm. quotes Shakespeare again. Cool. Uh, And speaking of Beast, Robert Jefferson Kelly's first act as president is pardoning him. That's so nice. So nice. So nice. Progress. Mm -hmm. Not perfection. Of course. Because a little bit of progress has been made, we need to immediately get rid of said progress. Absolutely. Enter Graydon Creed wearing an armband, which is always great, and a big Friends of Humanity button. Not cool, man. But then again, Graydon Creed has never been cool. Also, that Friends of Humanity symbol, like, how do you not look at that and go like, we're the bad guys? Right? Like, how do they recruit so many people? It's a good question. It really is. And why Why did they all come from the Guardian Angels? <laughs> it's like, all these guys look like like the Guardian Angels from, like, especially, like, 1980s New York with their with their, like their vests and their berets. Oh, wait. Do you mean the Hells Angels? No. No, no. No, I mean Guardian Angel Angels. Or, like, the on the subway. The those guys are still mm-hmm. around, too. Yeah, like, they they're are. still Guardian Angels. I don't know York. about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They are like people that would wander around, especially in the 80s, but Sarah's right. They are still around. And um, they would, like, protect people and whatnot on, like, especially subways. Like, you know, huh. there's lots of muggings and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. They would. Uh, That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so why are they doing this, and why do they have G.I. Joe lasers? Yeah, well, I was thinking about that, too. We're going to get to this, but, like, the police have lasers, the civilians have lasers, so I'm thinking in this universe, guns are just lasers. Okay. Yeah, I think because bullets might Oh, yeah, no, not okay. Raise quite, like, yeah, you can get hit by a laser, and eh, maybe you die, maybe not. It depends on the just, laser. Right. A bullet, still, mm. like, oh, you've got to be bleeding now. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So Graydon Creed cues Monster Man, who rampages in. Um, and I was going to say, you would think that, especially for, like, an inauguration or the big, you know, presidential press conference, that they would have beefed up security, especially after, right, the, the peace conference where Apocalypse lost his marbles. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, there's just two dudes with fedoras in back. Uh, and I love that in this world, security still wears fedoras. And so the the uh, quote unquote mutant throws some stuff around, roars a little bit. Yeah, Aaron, you've does, got something to, to add. Does the suit just have built in strength? Yeah, I was wondering this too. And was it, do, it, it is it one of those masks that ties to your jaw so it moves when you move? Because it like the face emoted, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like this is a lot of trouble. It's like, so listen, I don't want to keep necessarily keep going back to this well but i think maybe we have another incident of bad writing (laughs) no no unstable molecules guys unstable molecules (laughs) um yeah um and so he he escapes and victor creed is just or sorry uh graden creed um is super obvious and we all know who graden creed's parents are right uh sabertooth and who mystique Oh, yeah. So he's got a, mm. a, a rough lineage for sure, but he's a human. He's not a mutant. He's never been a mutant in the in the comics. Always, uh, always a human. Do wow. we know who uh, Rogue's father is? Oh, so Mystique wasn't her birth mother. She was her adoptive. Oh, mother. adopted. Yeah. Oh, okay, so gotcha. Rogue actually had like normal, nor normal type parents. That's but. Right. Sh- Okay, so do we know who Nightcrawler's father is? Yes, um, I believe it is Azazel, who is a ah. demon. What's so, right? Mystique has been with Sabretooth mm-hmm. and a literal demon. Yeah, at a minimum. But her wife is Destiny. Like, she, her one true love is love the precag Destiny. Huh. For, like, at least 100 years. Wait, how old is Mystique? Old. She's older than one would think. Oh, like, I didn't know there that. There was a, an issue of Immortal X-Men recently where um, we got to see Mystique and Destiny and uh, Sinister back in the 1800s. So, Oh, yeah. Oh so they've, they've known each other a long while. So anyway, back back to the holodeck. Um, sorry, I mean right. the danger room. Wolverine wakes up under the Sentinel. Uh, oh. Yeah. Hey, hey, what is this danger room's budget? Because, <laughs> oh, my God. Bottomless. There are so many robots destroyed. I know. Bottom. I, I like and to rebuilt. think they've got like a recycling program. They must, because oh my god, <laughs> they go through a lot. A lot of. Wait, what did you what did you call it before, um, Sarah? Like the 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 fact they can like make these solid. Oh, like hard holograms. light. Yeah, hard light holograms. Hard light. Ah, uh, yeah. But like it sticks around for a while. I guess until you reset it, right? And then it all kind of ugh, goes away. I guess. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, so it just disappears. Wolverine says, I must have hit my head. These holograms are starting to smell good. And then Jean, I think she's just like, I think she's like, pull, what, what's that phrase? Pulling him along? 
What's that phrase? Oh, yeah. Leading Lead him, him on. Leading him along. Yeah. Yeah. But she says, yeah. I missed. Leading him on. Yep. Leading. Thank you. I missed you at the wedding. What? Mm. What? Not cool. Not cool. And then, of course, he like is all bashful and says, I lost track of time. Um, yeah. And then the bride. And had to kill your husband. I had to kill a your bunch. husband. Yeah. A, a whole bunch. And so <laughs> right. we just had have. We have the great uh, shot of, of the bride and the guy in a torn apart tux staring at each other. And then we get the, the, the beautiful chef's kiss soap opera moment when he says, Jean, I still. And she says, I have to go. Scott and I have a plane to catch. And thus Wolverine's heart continues to be broken and Jean continues to lead him on. Oh, Not cool. Um, yeah. I will say though that the, the um, uh, Wolverine's voice actor in that scene did a really nice job. He does. He does yeah. a great job. I agree. He's still the iconic voice of Wolverine in my head. Oh, a hundred percent. When we did um, uh, the the X Men musical that that I wrote, the guy who played Wolverine came up to me and he's like, "Do you feel like it's like movie Wolverine or like?" cartoon wolverine i'm like it's only cartoon wolverine that's all yeah. that's the only wolverine voice that is correct with mm. all respect to hugh jackman he's a great wolverine amazing i also just like wow what a use of a danger room for therapy huh wolverine huh because yeah jeez who needs a therapist when you can kill your love's lover yeah a hundred percent definitely not wolverine nope. no nope uh, so meanwhile, at I guess it's I guess it's called the Jew Hotel, J O O. That's what the sign said. Wow! I know, I know. It's it's, it's what it said. I mean, as a J O O myself, <laughs> yeah. uh, I at least feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it the hotel. A, a, a tormented morph is flashing back to his death we get in my one of my favorite things i know i always talk about which is this which is the externalized internal monologue mm-hmm. you know and he's got why did they leave me to die um and then here comes a shadow with a tattered cape saying you'll destroy them all and i definitely can't do the sinister voice but i love the sinister voice yeah with the kind of like robotic yeah, echo thing on metallic. it it's pretty great yeah, yeah. it's cool and he's like, what's making me do this? And I just felt really bad. I just felt really bad for Morph. I also felt worse in the next scene uh, when that mob attacks that poor mutant. Oh. Mm. Yeah, that that mutant really got the short end of the stick. Because he straight up said it himself, I just look different. I can't do anything. I've got no yeah. powers. And that he just looks like a hairy Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a nice nice guy he's a nice guy standing there in his sport coat doing his best he seems like one of those people that calls himself a nice guy <laughs> oh, no. oh no well maybe he deserves what he's getting <laughs> no, i don't know about that but anyway okay so great and creed is watching from a rooftop with binoculars still wearing his armband just in case you weren't sure he's the bad guy and oh man, we've got then we got some real rough scenes, right? We see Adrian's clothing has a sign in the window that says "We serve mutants." A gr- uh, they throw a grenade at it. The community hall where mutants are welcome get hit. Morlocks are chased into an alleyway, and uh, yeah, it's just it's uh, it's rough and in real stuff. And I think you know this goes back to some stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes that like 
anyone who doesn't think that the X-Men is not about social issues does not. Yeah. Or has not been paying attention to the X-Men. For sure. But like, that's kind of how it is with all super, how many cops wear like the Punisher logo? Mm. Like it's, it's the message of those uh, heroes often gets way misconstrued. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we get some news, right? The demonstrators claim to be defending themselves against mutant attacks. And all I could think was, is Trish Tilby, is that you? Uh, Because I know that she shows up later. Trish Tilby is a regular news anchor in the X-Men world and Beast's sometime girlfriend. Oh, cool. Uh, meanwhile, in the mansion, the X-Men are watching this news. Uh, shit's getting real. Um, we know that Robert Jefferson Kelly's followers feel betrayed. And Professor X gets into it about the history of scapegoating uh, and blaming those who are different for their problems. And uh, in Storm, you know, like, right, speaking of Storm being someone you can trust, right, to have honor, we must fight the evil in men's hearts. Yeah, this was like... I think this was straight to the kids of like, hey, uh, you know, racism bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was honestly a really well written bit of dialogue. That's uh, right. Parts of X-Men, the it. animated series are really, really well written. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we get something mysterious. Professor X says he's getting a call on his private video line. The private video uh, line. Oh, yeah. we know what that's for. Yeah. So, so in his office. Uh, apparently Magneto is FaceTiming him. There's fire everywhere. It's all like going in and out and staticky. Magneto's like, incredible violence. Please hurry. I cannot last. But then we find out, yeah, Aaron. He keeps, he keeps on saying, please hurry, please hurry, yeah. please hurry. And then, yeah, it turns out it's Morph. But Morph needs to take an improv class because, <laughs> like... He, you're just a broken record, buddy. But yeah. but does he? I mean, he gets the professor to do it. Like, he succeeds. I mean, it's not a good scene, mind you, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a lot, you know, not a lot of variation. He he, he um, didn't escalate at all. Mm. Um, and uh, he, he, he certainly didn't go A to C. I think we can all agree. We there. can all agree. But, yeah, no. His game, his game work was weak, as was his, his object work. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that screen behind him, though? Yes, yeah. please. Good. All right. It I was so high tech. So yeah. high tech. I, he's in like a shitty motel. <laughs> and he's got this. But also he chose fire. And I'm like sitting there. Well, hold on. He's supposed to be in Antarctica. And Antarctica is on fire. Yeah, it's very fire. cold there. That also, though, would intrigue me. And then like, <laughs> I got to... Maybe I don't even care about Magneto. I gotta see what's going on here. How this fire gets started in Antarctica where it's quite cold. Especially like as a scientist, right? Like yeah. that, just, that just piques the interest. So anyway, we know Professor X is going to Antarctica. Uh, so something to look forward to. And we move then to what I presume is Harry's Hideaway, the local bar in Salem Center, New York, near the X Mansion. And uh, Beast uh, is there sitting at, looking real big, a big man on a tiny stool. And yep. uh, Gambit and Wolverine. Wearing a Speedo. Wearing a speedo. In public. Yeah. Looks naked, basically, because yeah. you can't see the Speedo. And I'm like, man, it's like they got it. I don't know. I realize he's got a lot of fur, but it's just wear some clothes when you go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Man. I think he's just warm. I think that furs, I think it's like a husky in the summer. I guess so. I wear a tank top and some shorts. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. And, and, wear what I wear around the apartment. Exactly. Right. 
Apparently, no shirt, no shoes, no service doesn't apply to Dr. Henry McCoy. So I also noticed, it just found it funny that in the bar, so where Gambit is playing pool, right behind him is a poster of a woman in in a bikini. Like, ooh la la, risque pictures in the bar. Well, yeah, Sarah, it's a bar. It's a bar. (laughs) Den of sin. We don't want to. That's right. That's where people go to do bad stuff. (laughs) <laughs> like beer and pool. <laughs> yeah. And Beast is approached by, I guess, a fan. I really loved the accent. It was real thick. Yeah. What was that? I think she was just excited to meet a celebrity. I wrote, hey, I saw you on TV. The president was talking about you. And I really love one of my favorite lines in the episode is that Beast says, Yes. Very true. <laughs> like he doesn't know that <laughs> it's a good thing. Oh. And she just keeps going at him. I bet you know the president. Right. But then no, there's I think a, I, Yeah. I was oh. gonna say that, that 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 scene really cemented it for us that Hank has no game. Yeah, but also neither does she. <laughs> like, I bet you know the president. I bet you know the president. <laughs> like, if that's your game, mm, Honestly, it's more than I had at an earlier age. I have some sympathy, yeah. you know. Get yeah, she went up and talked to the to the to the big blue doctor. Absolutely, <laughs> that's fair. Anyway, then there's an explosion, and because friends of humanity are the worst, and they've got laser guns, and then Graydon Creed is there with like a cameraman filming oh. it to make everybody look bad. But we do get to see some Gambit bow staff action, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime Gambit brings out his, I mean, honestly, like human uh, martial capabilities, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It is real fun. Yeah. I just love a collapsible bow staff. I think I'm like anyone else. It's very, it's always, as long as it's not at you, mm-hmm. I'm always excited when I see a collapsible bow staff. It's like mm-hmm. a little black dress. It never goes out of style. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a, there's never an experience when a collapsible well, bow staff couldn't make it a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Never a wrong time for a collapsible bow staff. So uh, B stops the uh, Friends of Humanity's car from leaving just by like picking up the back. Yeah, and as he's holding the back of that car up, which I honestly didn't know Beast was strong enough to do that, but like that's got to be pushing his strength limit. Wolverine jumps on the car. <laughs> Wolverine with his metal bones jumps on the car in a, in the dickiest of moves. <laughs> Making it worse. But Beast appreciated it because he made a good pun, right? So Wolverine says, let's take these sardines out of the can. And then McCoy says, a colorful metaphor, Wolverine. I'm blue-green with envy. So, I don't know. It seems like he wasn't mad about it. Like he was having some fun with the tag team, maybe. Uh, yeah. I But if I was in that car, I would be like, what is this? <laughs> also, I'd be crazy because I'm a racist terrorist. Right. But, you know, at that moment, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Very fair. I uh, So I also love that uh, Beast ends it with a crime scene is no place for a recent recipient of a presidential pardon. And it's like, good. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe y'all should have just left. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do appreciate Beast's incognito Ninja Turtle. Outfit. Yes. 
just the, the standard issue. Hat and trench coat, baby. No one will take another look at my blue legs. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. That was that that was like the disguise for like the late eighties, early nineties, if you are some sort of mutant going out in public. Yep. Or in any cartoon. Any absolutely. <laughs> yep. Put that yep. stuff on. So meanwhile, at the mansion, the big holographic head of Professor X says that he's been called away on a personal matter of the greatest mm. importance. And I really like that Rogue calls it out by saying the professor's getting mighty mysterious these days. Like, re- these days? Yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, has he always been forthcoming about his stuff <laughs> with you? Yeah, he's not. He, I feel like the professor has some problems with intimacy, probably because he can see inside everyone's mind. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, can he not turn that off? Or is it just constantly coming in, coming at him? No, it's supposed to not be able to, like, because that was a big deal for Gene that, like, you sort of out of respect, like, don't scan people's brains unless you have to. But I sort of feel like the professor's the sort of person who's like, I don't do that, but he he does. He does do that. Yeah, he's a little pervert. Yeah, he is. That's that's true. Oh, Chuck. And then Ooh. poor Jubilee has nothing to do, so she runs in and says, hey, check the news. <laughs> they, they turn it on. It says Mutant Riot. Uh, we see Hank McCoy, and the, the newscaster refers to him as uh, being with an energy weapon and attacking an occupied vehicle. Wolverine's all mad. We've been set up. He storms off. Um and then I, I do love this line from Storm. We must unmask the plot, not add to the climate of violence. And I don't think that oh. she meant to say climate, but like, good job. Well, yeah, that, that's fun. But then that set up Wolverine's line mm. of climates are your department, yeah. Storm. Unmasking is mine. Yep, you got it. Man, if that's, that's like, like, yeah, Wolverine, boy, let me tell you, that guy just loves to unmask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm always saying about Wolverine. Mm-hmm. He's the best there is at what he does, and what he does is Masking. unmasking. Yep, that, exactly. That checks. I don't know out. how many times I have added that to Wikipedia and then had it. <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating. Meanwhile, who's in the bushes? Oh, it's more. It's more. <laughs> there he is. Oh, I can't go out tonight. I've got morph in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, yeah. We, can we? Can Oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna make a like a morphin the bushes joke, but uh, no, do it. <laughs> that, no, that's fine. Go ahead, Sarah. No, I just I love. I cannot believe that he makes a making copies reference. Like yes, yeah, yes. What I, making copies? I love that. There's clearly some Rav Schneider fans amongst the uh, the actually the animated series writing team. I'm gonna have to ask them when I meet them at the Uncanny Experience. That or just Morph's a big fan. And I could see Morph being a big fan of uh, Rob Schneider. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Oh, yeah, I... definitely. He's the, he's the, well, I think he's the guy who's like doing all the SNL bits, only he's like changing into the characters, right? Like he stays up oh, late absolutely. to watch and then he does all the bits on repeat. Yeah. Like me as a child. If he was, yeah, he'd be good at it too. Like that actually would be very entertaining. I bet he does a great Phil Hartman. Rest in peace. Aww. Yeah. Uh, That'd be nice. Um, so it, also sad. I also love that Morph just says openly, let's see if I can upset everyone else. <laughs> 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 Which he perceives. Let's not bury the lead here. Yeah. What are we doing tonight? <laughs> so he does. Let's 
mess with people. <laughs> so he goes in his Wolverine. He runs into Rogue, who has a cup of steaming something and then doesn't have a cup. So animators, watch, watch that consistency a little bit. Call him out for it when you see him. Yeah, let him know. Yeah. Make a, make a list. Yeah. Um, and then I, that, uh, that line, that creepy line, I'll be as quiet as a corpse. Like, mm, not cool, not cool at all. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, Gambit is playing pick a card with Jubilee because apparently they're real bored. Yeah. But also, I imagine monitor duty 90% of the time is boring as hell. Oh, my gosh. But the, then Jubilee, like, looks down her nose at it, right? She says, get real, Gambit. Things are getting crazy tonight, and you're playing games. And she's literally watching the news with a bowl of popcorn. And it's like, girl, I don't think I don't think you can judge that, and you should take that. Yeah. Take the card. I wanted to see his trick. What you got, Gambit? I know, right? We're going to have to wait because then Rogue comes in. And as Aaron said, when Rogue comes in, Ba ba boom, ooh la la, um, and I love the the subtle like gambit, like do what she says, petite. Like he's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> get, 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 she just kind of go for it. Oh, get 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 out of here, kid. Yep, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> grown ups are talking because she puts her arms and just like juts her chest out and just mm-hmm. gives that look. And morph, you sexy thing, uh, right? Mm-hmm. He's been job, paying morph. attention. Yeah. Jubilee is so mad. She does fireworks at the door and makes a hole, and then pretends she didn't and just mm-hmm. leaves. Classic Jubilee. And then oh, morph boy. really goes for the jugular, right? He says, as rogue, "What if I've been lying about not being able to touch another human being?" And Gambit just get this gets this big effing grin on his face. Yeah, but also like, what a weird thing to lie about to your teammate for. A, we gotta imagine at least a year. At yeah. least, what and like, what kind of con would Rogue be running? Like, <laughs> that's my question. Yeah. yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't question it at all. He's like, fantastic, you've been lying to me, but I like this situation more than the previous situation. Yes, so I believe it. Do you think it's because Gambit's kind of a card artist too? So he's like not alarmed. Instead, it's just like that's hot. Like not only is it hot that like we can <laughs> bang, but like it's hot that like you have been doing a con on me. Yeah, yeah, that's probably foreplay for Gambit. I think so. Oh, no, yep. So Morph uh, continues his um, path of destruction next as Storm. Um, he sends Jubilee to, quote unquote, a mutant halfway house because there's information there may be an attack. She says, report on what you find. And then, like, after Jubilee leaves, Morph gets real petty. He says, that's for thinking you could take my place. Like, oh, yeah, man. Morph, not Morph. cool, man. Morph, it's a girl. It's a little girl, Morph. She's what 13. are you doing? She's like yeah. 13. But then... Which is just irresponsible of the X-Men to have a 13-year-old in battle. It's, yeah, like, and almost immediately. They're like, welcome to the team. Get out there, kid. Yeah, well, you untrained minor. Well, keep <laughs> in mind, that's what Professor D- X did with the first five. Like, they were not of age when the original X-Men started. They were, like, high school students. Wow. So I think mm. that kind of, like, have, have we seen um, Umbrella Academy? Uh, some of it. Yeah. First, yeah. That's kind of, I think, kind of what they're going for with that is that, like, the, the leader of the Umbrella Academy has all of these these mutant kids that he's teaching to be superheroes and he just sends them out to go on missions and stuff and it doesn't end well nope nope does not 
does not. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we get sm- we get the smooch scene next. So Rogue's oh, yes. sleeping. Uh, Gambit thinks it's part of the game, and he kisses her. And uh, that and, and poor Rogue wakes up saying, "What in the world?" And then she just charges the end table accidentally, and it explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like. To Rogue, she was just kind of sexually assaulted there. She was kissed without consent, for sure. Yeah, while sleeping. Yeah. That's a creepy-ass way to wake up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, especially when you might kill someone. I do have questions, though, about... Like, Rogue seems to have only absorbed his powers and, like, none of his memories. Like, we get no new information about Gambit. She does not seem to know anything. She does not. Like, in um in the comics, when they had a big smooch because they thought it was the end of the world, like, her eyes go all black. Like, she starts wearing a trench coat and carrying a bow staff. But we didn't get <laughs> any of those things. No. Well, we had the, you know, economy of time and whatnot, like... Uh... Only only the things that would move the plot forward were absorbed for Rogue that time. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then I love that Rogue carries uh, Gambit to, like, the war room. And Storm's line, Gambit, you could not have chosen a worse time to be a fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Storm will read someone for filth in the classiest she way. She will. Uh-huh. She will. I loved that. And Storm calls Jubilee in her room. And Jubilee has, like, what appears to be an Elvis poster. Uh, which yes, I didn't expect. I noted that poster too. That was a ridiculous poster. Yeah. Uh, well, gosh, she's a teenager. Oh, those hips, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They're timeless. Undeniable. Uh, Morph is still running amok. He turns up the danger room on Beast. And I love that it's just a big dial that says low, medium, and high. <laughs> and so it's just like he just turned the danger room up to high. I and then, it up to high. then there are big floor guns. And I love the and Beast is trapped in there. And I love classic, classic Henry McCoy. He just goes, oh, dear. Yeah. I'm not going to – I'm sweating this, but I'm not going to lose my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think the line that I got from him here was, this seems a bit excessive. <laughs> he's, he's just so cool so chill that like that actually just made me like beast a bit more he's like oh dear yeah. well oh dear. i mm, i seem to be in mortal peril <laughs> so just say so we're, we're getting to the end of the episode the friends of humanity attack a mutant counseling center um storm and rogue uh fight them off right mm-hmm. um and uh rogue thing leaves thinking that beast is gonna come and we all know that Beast isn't coming because uh, Beast Beast was morph. Yeah, Beast was morph. It seems like this. It seems like excuse me. It seems like X Men the animated series like really likes taking Beast out of the equation for some reason. Yeah, no, you it's know? it's not cool. It's not cool at all. But we're gonna we're gonna get a little more Beast in the end. Mm-hmm. In the <laughs> end, I I also have Storm says the Arctic cold will cool their ardor, and I'm not sure that ardor is how I would describe what was going on. Yeah, what is ardor? I thought it was ardor. No, is it pronounced- what is ardor? No, <laughs> those, no, those are two different things. So ardor cold. is is love, like passionate, oh. like passion. Mm-hmm. And then Arger is more like arduous, so um, like hard, hard work. Huh. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. I had no idea. I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. I thought it was all Arger, and I thought it was like trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, there's a, there's some truth to that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that we I'm glad that we had this chat. Um, yeah. Uh, but Morph is so mad because they're uh, they're they're not. Morph so. I know mad. he says he's he so needs to make mad. them pay. Uh, he turns. He's so mad he turns himself into a police officer and orders the cops to fire on Storm full energy, and they don't even want to. They really didn't. They weren't into it. Which is proof that this is fiction. Mm. Yeah, one of one of many things. One of many things. Yeah, so Storm falls. She's taken to the hospital. But then we get that nice sinister narrative frame on at the end, right? Enjoy your revenge more. I know I am. And we see that he's in his lair. There's a plant chair. There are screens. Uh, just like foreshadowing all the cool stuff that's going to happen. This was quite an episode. It was a lot. It was, yeah, it was jam-packed of action and and dr- drama, uh, love and heartbreak. Everything uh, you a could lot of, Arter and A lot Arter. of setup. <laughs> Just setups galore, too. Setups galore. Seat. So yeah. let's, let's uh, as, as we do a little retrospective, who deserves the Oscar in this in this episode? Who's, uh, whose footage is going to be shown up on that big screen at the, uh, at the, the theater in Los Angeles? My vote would be for Beast. Uh, he had the most emotional range this episode. Uh, that or or Cyclops for the. Uh, oh nope, I'm thinking of the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah Beast. Beast. Nice. I, I'd like to give honorable mention to uh, to Wolverine up front with uh, mm. "You Can't Have Her." You can't have her. Yep. Uh, and I also feel like uh, like poor Morph, did dual personality Morph oh, is is having nice. a tough time. And I feel like if any, you know, really hot actor took on that role, they'd win an Oscar for it. <laughs> might. I mean, look, there's yeah, there's there's good guy confused Morph. And there's angry eye bags Morph. And yeah, angry eye bags, yellow skin Morph. Yellow skin paste. Pasty morph. Pasty. He was. Oh, I think you're right. That first time, he 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 had like scurvy or something yeah, going on. Yo. Didn't look good. <laughs> Did not Didn't look, look good. Look. Who? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I listen. I feel like I'm a broken record here. I'm giving it to Wolverine. I really like that scene in the danger room when he was talking to uh, to Gene. I thought that it uh, it conveyed so there was some subtlety there you didn't normally see on Saturday mornings back in the '90s. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah. And so yeah. So who's our MVP? Who is who is the the character who carried the the biggest load? You think this? Uh... Oh, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Morph. Aaron. I think I'm thinking Morph because yep. he literally is like running around the city, back and forth and back and forth, just messing with people. <laughs> Kids got range. Got... Kids got range. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, gotta go with Morph because not only is he running around, he also has that sweet setup. In his in the in the hotel at the Jew hotel. <laughs> the, the, I'm gonna go with you. So it's like a soft J. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, yeah, Morph, 100. percent What a guy. What, what a, a guys. Guy. Uh, favorite favorite lines in this episode. Anything you'll be returning to later? Oh my goodness. Making copies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say honorable mention for I have to go. Scott and I have to catch a plane. Yeah, uh, there's no way to describe Jean Grey's voice other than breathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An honorable mention for oh dear. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll give that to. Uh, this seems a bit excessive. Oh yeah, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Awesome. Well, this has been a great episode, friends. Thanks for joining me. 
Matt, where can people find you on the interwebs if they're interested in learning more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, at the moment, just uh, check me out on Instagram at Doc Falconer. Yes, yes. Great. And Aaron, how about you? I'm on all the things as, hey, it's Aaron Gold. But it, since this is in the future, uh, if Hive has taken off, uh, I did scoop up Aaron Gold for that one. Nice. Ooh. Nice work. And I'm at yeah. SarahMusek.com. This has been Gene. No, an X-Men the Animated Series podcast. We'll see you next time for Death Till Death Do Us Part, Part 2. Gene! No! An X-Men the Animated Series podcast. 